WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Good morning, James Flippin, filling in for Noam Layden on this Monday, January 1st. It's New Year's Day. Let's get your Ramsey Mazda three-day weather forecast to kick things off. We've got some pockets of rain around the tri-state this morning. We'll get up to 44 degrees later today. Mostly cloudy overnight into Tuesday, partly cloudy, falling to 32. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, sunny with a high near 43. Wednesday, mostly sunny, topping out at 46 Right now, 40 degrees in Midtown Manhattan, 37 degrees in Morristown, New Jersey, and 37 in East Mauritius on Long Island. That's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. So, Happy New Year, everyone. You've made it to 2024. On a personal note, it's been just under a year that I've been here with 77 WABC, and it's been great. Thanks to Noam Layden for having brought me over here. I was out of radio in 2022 and back in 2023. Now we're on to 2024. The overnight show, you heard Dominic Carter talking about how amazing the Times Square transition is with all the revelers packing in there and then the ball drops, the confetti goes and the Department of Sanitation comes in, sweeps it all up and out goes 2023. I have to admit, having covered that fact for so many years, the Times Square transition and kind of like how nicely it switches from one to the other, so on and so forth. I kind of overthought it, or at least I lost track of time. I'm a moron, basically. You know, my husband told me to take the George Washington Bridge, go down the Harlem River Drive, avoid the whole Midtown, you know, mess. I heard an old colleague of mine doing a traffic report elsewhere on the dial this morning, but I drove right into it. And of course, the roads are still closed in Midtown uh, by sunup. They'll have it all fixed up. They'll have it all cleaned up, and everything will be moving like it normally would be. But uh, it's on to 2024, and after driving in and fighting traffic at 3 a.m., I kind of feel like I need a drink right now. But I won't be doing that, and that's because I'm partaking in dry January. Yeah, I was out and about this weekend. I did some fun New Year's celebrating. I was out on Long Island. I was down in Trenton yesterday, or Hamilton, technically, and I saw the grounds for sculpture on Saturday night, which was really cool. But got a chance to visit with some friends and family. Hope you did, too. And, yeah, I'm taking part in dry January. Not like I'm a big drinker or anything, but I enjoy a a bit of wine on the weekend. And my husband, Chris, and I just decided to uh, switch things up here. And for the month of January, we're going dry. So breaking news this morning. Breaking news. WABC. Coming from the other side of the world, Japan has issued tsunami warnings amid a series of powerful earthquakes, and people are being urged to head to higher ground right now. Got some audio here. Some people were driving along a raging river, it looked like, or it might have been some sort of a canal. And you saw the, the the waves were really kind of starting to rise. This is a 7.6 magnitude earthquake that hit in western Japan. And per reports there on the ground, fires are burning. Homes have been destroyed. The epicenter of the quake, like we said, western Japan. Video shot inside a bowling alley. Shows people ducking for cover. And the sounds of breaking glass and other destruction amid this earthquake. One of a series of quakes that hit along the west coast of Japan. A tsunami about three feet high hit parts of the coast. Forecasters are warning that a larger wave could be incoming. So like we said, right now people are being urged to get to higher ground in Japan. A tsunami's been confirmed. Just minor flooding per report so far. Those tsunami warnings remain in effect. Buildings have been destroyed at multiple locations. We talked about some fires burning, but no word on casualties as of yet. Pro-Palestinian protests were a big concern for the NYPD heading into the ball drop celebration last night. And around 6.30 last night, you did have groups of protesters walking down the avenues in Midtown. And included in the group were plenty of pro-Palestinian flags and also some members of the Hasidic community holding signs reading things like Judaism rejects Zionism. Around 6.30, there were some anti-Israel protesters setting off smoke bombs at Macy's at Herald Square. Red smoke bombs were used. Many were wearing the kafia, that traditional Palestinian cloth head covering. 
And I guess it was around maybe quarter of 10 when cops had seen enough and they started making some arrests along 7th Avenue. I don't have it as far as right now how many were actually arrested, but pro-Palestinian protesters are now using social media to organize a call to action as they will apparently attempt to shut down JFK Airport later today. Now, it was last Wednesday when protesters blocked traffic at the entrance to JFK along uh, Interstate 678, and I think it was either 26 or 27 arrested. So today... At 12 o'clock if you're arriving by car, or 2 o'clock if you're arriving by foot, this group plans to disrupt travel operations at JFK. And I'm looking at their banner right now posted on social media. It's within our lifetime. That's the group that's organizing this, among other groups. And they say it's going to be JFK Terminal 4. And then they're also organizing, like I said, by car. Okay, that's at Canarsie Pier in Brooklyn. So flood JFK for Gaza. Global strike, New Year's Day. Heads up if you're going to be traveling. Heads up if you're heading out to JFK today. That may be something that causes some problems. Last night, not too, too much we're hearing about in terms of these pro-Palestinian protesters and what they did or didn't do in Manhattan. But we'll see if they're able to make a mess of things out of JFK, which is obviously something they're interested in doing. Mayor Adams was there for the ball drop last night. Upward of one million people did pack at a Times Square for the annual event. People from all over the world helped ring in the new year as America said hello to 2024. And organizer Joe Papa with Times Square Entertainment said, for many, this is a bucket list event. It's just complete magic with the confetti swarming around you, the music. It's a moment that you'll never forget. The energy throughout everybody that's here in Times Square, like, there's nothing else like it. It's a it's a palpable energy and excitement that you could feel the entire day leading up to midnight. Countdown Entertainment's Jeff Strauss said, despite division around the world, everybody's on the same page on New Year's Eve. It's the one time where we all come together doing the same thing at the same time as we count down those final seconds filled with hope, filled with love for the new year. Well, it's a shame I won't be able to participate in this one due to dry January. As when you get out there this morning, maybe you're going to head to a diner or some uh, little luncheonette to get some breakfast. It's National Bloody Mary Day. Google says hangover cure is searched 10 times more on New Year's Day than any other day of the year. Some say greasy foods help, also sports drinks, Pedialyte is a popular choice, and many reach for a little hair of the dog. Today is National Bloody Mary Day, so vodka with tomato juice, and many say that is the cure. Healthline research shows tomatoes contain compounds that Protect against liver injury. I'm Bree Tennis. Well, that's a good excuse to have one for sure. I'm a big fan of the, you know, the, the overloaded Bloody Marys with like some celery in there. Get me some olives, some nice, uh, you know, hot sauce. Got to have the the spice mix, you know, ringing the glass. Mm, that's perfect. And I was thinking about New Year's memories over the weekend. One of the coldest I ever experienced was up in Montreal, and I want to say this would have been, jeez. Talk about time flies. This was about 20 years ago. So 2002, 2003, I'm not totally sure. A bunch of us who were in high school at the time went up to Montreal for the new year. You could drink there at 18 and all that. So, um, But it was also an experience and a chance to see Montreal, which is beautiful and a lot of fun. Although I do recommend going over the summer. And it occurred to me that when we took that trip up to Montreal, we took a bus from Port Authority Bus Terminal up to Montreal. And it struck me as worth noting, I took a charter bus out of the country, leaving Port Authority and ending up across the border. But the opposite trend is clearly more so what's going on in New York City these days with those charter buses carrying migrants arriving at Port Authority bus terminal. And don't you know it, more migrant buses just arrived in New York, breaking new rules set by Mayor Adams. The mayor recently signed an executive order only permitting migrant buses to arrive between 8.30 a.m. and noon on weekdays. And there must be 32 hours advance notice. To be clear, this is not stopping people from coming, but about ensuring the safety of migrants and making sure they can arrive in a coordinated and orderly way. 
Bus companies face possible fines, charges, and impoundment for violating the order. City officials say police will be monitoring the loading zones around Port Authority and collecting evidence against companies that don't comply. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. And city officials in Secaucus, New Jersey, say busloads of migrants are being dropped off at New Jersey train stations in a bid to sidestep New York's new executive order. And basically what that says is that in between 8.30 a.m. and noon is when migrant buses can be dropped off at Port Authority Bus Terminal in New York. That's what Mayor Adams says. And also the city's supposed to get 32 hours notice. So the thought is, you know, maybe there were going to start to be some buses showing up at parts in New Jersey. I know Newark officials were planning that last week. So caucus mayor Michael Ganelli says this action is in circumvention of Adams' executive order, as in the past month, more than 14,700 migrants crossed the border and were sent to New York on buses. And I know it was upwards of like 276,000 border apprehensions or interactions were reported by Customs and Border agents. That's just in general at the border, and that broke a new record for December. Migrants arriving at night on week and on weekends in what Mayor Adams describes as a humanitarian crisis. So Mayor Ganelli of Secaucus says New Jersey has a plan in place to mitigate the situation with, uh, I'm guessing if it's in Secaucus, it must be at, you know, the, the Secaucus Junction main train station where these buses are showing up. And like we said last week, Newark officials were huddling to discuss what might happen if buses start inundating the brick city with migrants. And one of the things we know is coming in the new year, by the way, just switching gears here for a second, is this list of around 170 associates of disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. And that's because a Manhattan judge ruled last month that Jane Doe's and John Doe's should be published. The names of these Jane and John Doe's should be published, dating back to lawsuits involving Jeffrey Epstein including the one brought by Virginia Jufre, who sued both, I guess it would have been Epstein's estate, and Ghislaine Maxwell, the now-incarcerated alleged madam of Epstein. And ABC News reporting this morning that former President Bill Clinton will be unmasked as Doe 36 and identified more than 50 times in this Jeffrey Epstein document stump. If you haven't seen the very bizarre and creepy painting, by the way, that Epstein supposedly had in his New York City apartment of Clinton, it's worth Googling, or maybe not, depending on your perspective. Uh, Clinton's wearing a dress, his legs sort of draped over an easy chair, and this is like an oil painting that Epstein had in his apartment. Not really sure what the story is there, but the 77-year-old Clinton, like we said, apparently mentioned more than 50 times in this coming document dump relating to Epstein Associates. And it's a 2015 lawsuit that was brought by Epstein accuser Virginia Jufre per ABC News. And many of these references apparently stem from Jufre's attempts to compel the former president to testify against Epstein, as well as Maxwell. And other Clinton mentions are expected to be coming. Um, and this is where basically, I guess, Clinton was asked to come clean after Epstein invoked his Fifth Amendment's right, Fifth Amendment rights during a deposition. And these documents, ABC News reports, are not expected to implicate Clinton in any illegal activity. So do with that what you will. Uh, we told you this morning about the earthquake in Japan. Staying in that region but heading a little bit north, South Korea admitted this weekend that its military is actively conducting decapitation drills for the possible assassination of North Korea's Kim Jong-un. And this coming after Kim Jong-un vowed yesterday that North Korea will boost its nuclear arsenals, build military drones, and launch new spy satellites this year. South Korean's defense minister referred to assassinating Jim Kim Jong-un as an option in an interview with MBN Television, as reported by NK News. And that is considered a rare admission from leaders in Seoul, as it's been six years since an operation was discussed publicly. All right, 5.15 on a Monday morning. It's January 1st. Happy New Year, everybody. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. Let's check in on sports, as football fans will have a new alternative to the NFL. The XFL and USFL Spring Football Leagues are merging into the United Football League, and as announced yesterday, the number of teams and cities they'll represent will be revealed at a later date. 
The list of UFL partners includes Dwayne The Rock Johnson and other former XFL owners. Both leagues agreed to merge back in September. And, you know, really for spring football, going back 30 years now, it's been fits and starts. I know The Rock talked about that. You know, basically, you get a league, it goes away. You get a league, it goes away. But with football as popular as it is, the attempts are going to keep going and trying to get a new league. And now you've got the UFL. And we have seen guys kind of rebuild their careers with spring football or become noticed as a result. And that's in recent times. If you want to go back to the 80s, then, of course, guys like Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, they all got a start in spring football with the USFL. And former Cowboy fullback Daryl Johnston will remain the president of the merged league. Also in sports, the Knicks made a big trade over the weekend that's making waves. The fan base is largely divided here, as the Toronto Raptors will be sending Og Anunumbi, Precious Achiuwa, and Malachi Flynn to the Knicks. And my apologies for absolutely butchering those names, but I do know this. The Knicks are trading R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 second-round draft pick for those players. Now, Og Anunbi, if that's how you say his name, is considered a very strong 3-and-D wing player, meaning that he can D up very effectively, and he's got some range from beyond the arc. Um, Precious, I think he's a center who can help with the fact that the Knicks are missing out on Mitch Robinson right now, and Malachi Flynn, I think, is a point guard. So I could be wrong on that. We're not a sports station. Forgive me for that. But there's basically some controversy because Emmanuel Quickly was a developing player. R.J. Barrett has a lot of upside. It was a high draft pick. And, you know, players hate to see young players go. But Og, in particular, is considered a big-time pickup. And now the Knicks might be looking to go further, as the rumor is they're interested in Hawks guard DeJounte Murray. And this afternoon, the Knicks will be hosting the Timberwolves at MSG, hoping to snap a three-game losing streak, and it will be Og's debut. For today's college football games, Washington and Texas will play uh, in the Sugar Bowl, and the third-ranked Longhorns enter their tw- at twelve and one, following a blowout win over Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship. The winner of the Sugar Bowl will advance to Houston on January eighth for the national championship, which the Long- Longhorns have won four times. And in terms of the intersection between the NFL and college football, John Harbaugh has reportedly hired Tom Brady's agent, as he could be looking to go back to the NFL amid the drama Michigan has been caught up in. And that's sports this morning here on WABC. James Flippin filling in for Noam Laden this morning. So we told you the sports news just a couple seconds ago. By the way, today the NHL is playing its first ever game at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. The Seattle Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights squaring off on New Year's Day in the 2024 Winter Classic. The Kraken's first ever outdoor game. And what about this? At the Brisbane International Tennis Tournament in Australia, they were recently interrupted match play by a deadly venomous snake. Last week, this venomous snake just slithered out onto the court. And wouldn't you know it, this is one of those just you can't make it up type things. There was actually a snake catcher in the crowd. And News 9 Queensland spoke to the guy. Uh, like I said, he was there watching. My wife is a massive tennis fan. Um, we actually have tickets for next Saturday and Sunday. Um, and when I texted her, go, I'm going to pick up a snake from the Brisbane International. She went, no way, get me, get me an autograph. Well, and of course, I was talking about this story before we started, and our engineer, Diego, was saying he doesn't believe this. He thinks it's a stunt, thinks it's just uh, some kind of a viral ev- uh, event, maybe. And others on social media said only in Australia. You do have to keep that in mind, Diego. You know, in Australia, you've got a lot of venomous snakes, spiders, deadly creatures. Yeah, but I went to Australia, and they definitely live off how crazy that place is. They make T-shirts about how it is. It's, venomous it's, the spiders are. No question about it. It's part of their branding strategy. So, anyway, thankfully nobody was hurt when that snake slithered out onto the court. Back here in the tri-state, we know that snakes are cold-blooded. I don't know if they would take part in this. Around 4,000 intrepid swimmers expected to participate in New York City's 121st annual polar bear plunge today. And there is no charge to take part in the Atlantic Ocean plunge off Coney Island, but participants are encouraged to make a donation to help fund the club's charities. Last year, the Coney Island Polar Bear Club 
which is the nation's longest-running winter bathing club, raised over 125 grand. You have to be at least 18 to take the plunge, unless you have parental permission, and all participants must sign a waiver. Well, I don't know. Some people probably say cold water like this is good for your health, but they also used to talk about catching a cold. And a whooping cough outbreak is underway in Suffolk County, health officials say. Cases of pertussis, also known as whooping cough, on the rise. And health officials recommend that people do get vaccinated against whooping cough, especially pregnant women and people who come into close contact with children who are too young to be vaccinated. So heads up for residents in our listening area out on the east end of Long Island. Apparently, health officials say Suffolk County experiencing an uptick in whooping cough. Down in Delaware, the laptop repairman who originally received Hunter Biden's infamous laptop says he was recently victimized by swatting. John Paul Mac Isaac says he was swatted Friday night. And if you don't know what that is, by the way, uh, that's where people call in a fake emergency. So they'll call 911, usually from a disguised phone number using a computer program of some kind. And they'll say, oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm here at John Paul Mac Isaac's house, and, and and an intruder is here. Somebody just showed up with a with a gun, with a rifle, or there's a bomb of some kind. And then, of course, the SWAT team they don't know it's fake, so they show up. And John Paul Mac Isaac on X, formerly known as Twitter, it was on what day was this? Friday, I guess. Yeah, Friday. So he says, "My home was swatted tonight. I was not home." But the outstanding men and women of the Wilmington PD responded quickly and professionally. All that was achieved was wasted time for the Wilmington PD. Nothing, let me repeat, nothing will take me out of this fight. Cheers, as John Paul Mac Isaac says. And sometimes in those interviews, I'm trying to remember if it's like a newsy cap he wears or if it's like a golf cap. But he does have a very distinctive cap. It's not quite a beret. I wouldn't say that. So... Uh, Curtis Lee was brand is safe in that respect. But like we said, swatting is about making these false reports to emergency services to get a response at a particular address. And in the past, you know, absolutely horrific things have resulted here where sometimes people get shot because they're not aware of this is happening and they, they might take out their gun thinking this is an intruder of some kind, not the police. Um, uh, I know family dogs have been shot dead in swatting incidents. You know, people obviously have had things happen like heart attacks and and other horrific things because they're so startled and so upset by what happened. Wilmington police did not immediately respond to a request for comment or information as to this alleged swatting call at Mac Isaac's home. As for President Joe Biden, Hunter's father and the uh, most famous resident of Delaware right now. He did give an, a TV interview last night amid the New Year's celebration during a pre-taped interview with Ryan Seacrest discussing his 2024 hopes. President Biden said he hopes everybody has a happy, healthy, and safe New Year, and that beyond that, everyone understands we're in a better position than any country in the world to lead the world, Biden said. And over the weekend, Biden was also briefed by his national security team, specifically yesterday while vacationing in the Virgin Islands. The U.S. Navy says it used helicopters in self-defense to sink three Houthi boats in the Red Sea. The U.S. military has confirmed to BBC News that military officials say helicopters from the USS Eisenhower aircraft carrier and USS Gravely Destroyer responded to a distress call from the Maersk Hangzhou ship after four Houthi boats attacked it. Now, Maersk is one of the biggest shipping companies in the world. They recently said they were, they've gone back and forth on whether or not they're even going to continue to ship, um, you know, containers through the Red Sea, which is one of the world's most important, you know, trade corridors. And crew members say this Iranian-backed Yemeni rebel group, Houthis, mounted weapons, and got within 66 feet of the container ship. These helicopters returned fire and sank three out of the four boats. Officials say the fourth boat fled the area. In St. Croix, NBC News' Aaron Gilchrist says this is the first time boats approached a commercial ship and exchanged gunfire. Before these Houthis tried to board the ship, the U.S. Navy responding to a distress call with helicopters coming into the area 
and those rebels fired at those helicopters. The helicopters returned fire, sank three of those boats, and killed the rebels on board. These different nations don't want to see other companies do the same thing and really clog up shipping around the world. And the White House says the president will continue to monitor developments, including that action taken by the U.S. Navy in the Red Sea. It's the 23rd such attack on international shipping in the region since November 19th. The Prime Minister of Israel vowing to retake the border between the Gaza Strip and Egypt. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told reporters Saturday that the war with Hamas is at its height and signaled there'll likely be no let-up in the conflict for the next several months. It's left thousands dead and leveled much of Gaza, while Netanyahu's vow to restore Israeli control over the enclave's border with Egypt raises new questions over an eventual two-state solution. Reuters reports say Israeli jets have intensified their attacks on central Gaza. I'm Scott Carr. And in the ongoing back and forth regarding Harvard's President Claudine Gay and accusations of plagiarism as well as anti-Semitism on campus, a member of Harvard's Student Honor Council has called for the resignation of University President Claudine Gay over her ongoing plagiarism scandal, accusing the school's governing body of having one standard for the embattled administrator and another for the student body. And the New York Post was reporting on this over the weekend. The student wrote that Gay is getting off easy, Let's compare the treatment of Harvard undergrads suspected of plagiarism with that of their president, this person wrote. And they continued, when students, my classmates, peers, and friends appear before the council, they're distraught. For most, it's the worst day of their college careers. For some, it's the worst day of their lives. And this person says that typically people who have to go through uh, hearings in front of that council often cry. And the anonymous author wrote that first-time plagiarism infractions, which can stem from things like omitted quotation marks and incomplete or absent citations, typically result in one term of probation and the stripping away of a student's good standing status, which can prevent things like uh, studying abroad or potentially even graduating. So this student writing in the Harvard Crimson saying basically, that students are, you know, not given the benefit of the doubt or not given any slack. And it looks like President Claudine Gay absolutely is. Filling in for Noam Laden this morning on the 5 a.m. news hour. And when we get back, we've got that update on what both sides are saying about President Trump's legal issues. It's, of course, a brand new year across America. And what's going on with America's last lighthouse keeper? All that and more on the WABC News Hour. I'm James Flippin. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Actually, it's just James Flippin, and that goes for news, traffic, sports, anything you might get coming your way here on this 5 a.m. news hour. Good morning. James Flippin filling in. It's January 1st, New Year's Day. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's get you your Ramsey Mazda three-day weather forecast. We've got pockets of rain around the tri-state this morning. We will get up to 44 degrees later today, mostly cloudy skies. Overnight into Tuesday, partly cloudy, falling to 32. Tomorrow, Tuesday, sunny with a high near 43. Wednesday, mostly sunny, topping out at 46. 40 degrees under broken cloud cover in midtown Manhattan, 37 in Morristown, New Jersey, and 37 in East Mariches, out on Long Island. That's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. And it's a brand new year across America. Crowds packed New York Times Square for the iconic ball drop at the stroke of midnight. It's estimated that close to a million people were on hand to usher in 2024 under the watchful eye of heavy security in the Big Apple. I'm Trey Thomas. And, of course, they did have some pro-Palestine protests that broke out yesterday and some arrests were made uh, along 7th Avenue, I believe. Protesters were in Macy's Herald Square at one time setting off smoke bombs. And those pro-Palestine protests, for sure, one of the big stories that you'll hear about coming this year. But another one that will take up a lot of airwaves, take up a lot of talk time, is former President Trump and his legal issues. Now, people on both sides of this issue sounded off this weekend. One, a prominent Republican, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, who says that President Trump has a claim of immunity regarding the events of January 6th, 2021, 
if you're doing your job as president and trying to find out if the election was on the up and up, I don't know how it will, will bear out, but I think it's a legitimate claim. Speaking there on CBS's Face the Nation, basically Senator Graham says that Trump said a, made a fiery speech that day but wasn't actually involved in what happened at the U.S. Capitol. And recently we heard that special counsel, Jack Smith, who is prosecuting Trump regarding the events of January 6th, has rejected Trump's claims of presidential immunity. Trump tweeted a couple weeks earlier uh, back in 2021 that there would be a big protest over election results in Washington, and he urged his supporters to be there. Graham, Senator Graham, says nobody's above the law, but that the president has presidential immunity to do his job. And as you heard in that cut there, Graham says basically Trump was just investigating the uh, investi- investigating the election. He didn't break into the Capitol. He gave an, uh, a fiery speech, but he's not the first guy to ever do that. There are more legal issues around this than you can even imagine about what can a president do as president? What are the limitations of being president? And on the other side of the issue, Congressman Jamie Raskin says one justice, Supreme Court justice, absolutely should recuse himself if a case concerning immunity for former President Trump goes before the Supreme Court. And Raskin was on CNN's State of the Union. The question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse himself? Raskin is a Maryland Democrat. He says Justice Clarice Thomas needs to recuse himself because of documented text messages concerning the 2020 election between his wife, Ginny Thomas, and Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Raskin says he agrees with special counsel Jack Smith that Trump should not be granted immunity. If you've sworn an oath to support the Constitution and violated the oath by engaging in insurrection or rebellion, you can never hold public office again. Of course, Trump has not been charged with insurrection, and neither have any of the January 6th defendants. Raskin continued on CNN. Donald Trump is clearly disqualified from being on the ballot because he participated in insurrection. And also a heads up in terms of, you know, potential transit impacts, uh, travel for sure. If you are planning to go through JFK Airport today, the group Within Our Lifetime, which is a pro-Palestinian group, they are planning a flood JFK for Gaza event today. And if you're joining by foot, I guess, they're saying people are going to start showing up at 2 o'clock at JFK Terminal 4 um, in Canarsie. Canarsie, as Curtis Lee would say. Uh, they're gathering at noon and people are being urged to bring flags, kafias, signs, banners, and people are being asked to decorate their cars. So, I don't know. JFK Airport could be a mess today. Just something to keep in mind if you're heading out that way. Well, the last keeper of the last manned lighthouse in the U.S. is out of a job. Sally Snowman has been the keeper at Boston Light since 2003. She's been coming to the lighthouse, built in the 18th century since she was a girl, and she's written a number of books about it. But now the light will be transferred to another organization that will maintain it under the terms of the National Historic Lighthouse Prevention Act. Snowman, who is 72 years old, says she hopes to keep working as a tour guide. How about that? Still, I I would not have guessed that there was still actually a lighthouse keeper out there in the United States, but no longer. And some Amtrak riders in the New York area were delayed if they were trying to come down from Boston via the rails. A server issue caused major disruptions yesterday morning affecting trains along the Northeast Corridor. Amtrak had warned passengers at Penn Station the number of trains could be delayed up to two hours. And, of course, there were some trains delayed in between New York City and Boston. Some, in fact, had to be canceled, and full service did come back online by late morning. And state police say a New Jersey man has been charged in a Saturday stabbing of a trooper from Hamburg Station. The suspect identified as 27-year-old Bradley Odenath from Pine Hill, and he's been held in Berks County Prison on charges investigating aggravated, including aggravated assault, resisting arrest, and recklessly endangering another person. This assault occurred when troopers went to serve a warrant in Tilden Township. One trooper stabbed several times in the leg, and he was taken to a hospital, treated, and then released. So I don't know if you heard about this story. I had not really heard much about it uh, before last week when she was released from prison. Gypsy Rose Blanchard, released last Thursday from prison. And this is a woman who uh, was convicted of plotting to kill her mother, and her ex-boyfriend was given a life sentence 
for killing her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. And the circumstances regarding this are kind of, you know, interesting, controversial. If you've ever heard about anything like this, Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Munchausen by proxy syndrome. This is when parents more or less are so mentally deranged for some reason that they're convinced their kids are sick and they're convinced their kids need all kinds of medical treatment, even though they might not be showing real symptoms. Now, there's any number of reasons why this could be happening. Sometimes, you know, if, if a mother or a father are so desperate for attention, maybe that's why they do it. They, they like being given the validation. Oh, you're doing such a good job of taking care of your child and this kind of thing. So Gypsy Rose Blanchard was given a 10-year sentence in 2016 for the second-degree murder of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Her ex-boyfriend, like we said, given a life sentence. And this Blanchard case inspired the 2019 Hulu miniseries, The Act, about a girl who used a wheelchair throughout her childhood because her overprotective mother convinced her she was sick. And that's why this case is kind of controversial. You know, most of the time you hear about a, a daughter and her boyfriend conspiring to kill her mom. Well, you know, you wonder, well, why would they do that? Uh, allegedly, anyway, Dee Dee Blanchard had this Munchausen by proxy syndrome and was doing all kinds of horrific things with her daughter, you know, getting her these medical treatments that she didn't need. An ebook that has been under development is due out January 9th, and Gypsy Rose Blanchard also getting the chance to tell her own story in an upcoming docuseries. As she will be featured in this docuseries, the documentaries and television shows like The Act are already out. That's about a girl who used the wheelchair. Uh, Gypsy will now recount her life story, in the Lifetime series, The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, premiering this month. And the show's executive producer says the six-hour special will include prison interviews with Blanchard, taken over the past seven years. Back here on the Tri-State, four family members were found dead in a home in Rockland County in what police believe was a murder-suicide. Police discovered two adults and two children dead from apparent gunshot wounds early Saturday. Deceased were identified as a sergeant of the Bronxville Police Department, his 43-year-old wife and two sons ages 10 and 12. Neighbors told ABC7 they're shocked. They were playing normally, just normally. We just, I'm sorry, that's, and it's really horrific of what happened. It's believed the 49-year-old police officer killed his family before turning the gun on himself. Police were called to do a wellness check after the man failed to show up to work Friday night. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. WABC News Time, 545. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on the 5 a.m. news hour. So the Colorado, Colorado Springs mother who we told you about this Gypsy Rose Blanchard case. Well, this is a Colorado Springs mother wanted for the deaths of two of her children. She's been arrested in the United Kingdom. Colorado Springs police say Kimberly Singler was taken into custody without incident on Saturday. This investigation began back on December 19th. Police found Singler's 9-year-old daughter and 7-year-old son dead inside their home. Singler and an 11-year-old girl were also found injured inside the home. Authorities later were unable to find Singler. And then a warrant was issued for her arrest on December 26th, day after Christmas. Police say more information will be released at an upcoming press conference. So, WABC News Time, 545. James Flippin filling in for Noah Mladen. Let's get you some sports news here. Football fans will have a new alternative to the NFL. The XFL and USFL Spring Leagues merging into the United Football League. Dwayne The Rock Johnson one of the league's partners, the UFL. And The Rock says, you know, basically uh, for the last 30 years, spring football has been in fits and starts, and he thinks it's a good thing to give more players a chance to grow the game. And former Cowboy fullback Daryl Johnston will remain the president of the merged UFL. Also in sports, the Knicks made a big trade this weekend. They picked up Og Anunumbi, uh from the Toronto Raptors, and he is considered an elite 3-and-D wing. But the Knicks did send R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 second-round draft pick to Toronto. And there are some contract realities to think about here, as R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly are both coming up on big paydays. And that could be potentially why the Knicks made the move, in addition to wanting to get Og. And today, Washington and Texas will play in the Sugar Bowl. That's part of the national football playoff, or the college football playoff, I should say. But in terms of the NFL... 
John Harbaugh, Michigan's head coach, has reportedly hired Tom Brady's agent, and he might be looking to get back into the NFL amid the drama Michigan football has been caught up in. A man hailed as one of the greatest race car drivers in NASCAR history has passed. Cale Yarborough became the first driver to win the NASCAR title three years in a row. He had 83 career wins, tied for fifth most in NASCAR history. And today, the NHL playing its first ever game at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. The Seattle Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights playing outdoors here on New Year's Day in the 2024 Winter Classic. This is the Kraken's first ever outdoor game. While Vegas did previously play the Colorado Avalanche in the 2021 NHL Outdoors at Lake Tahoe. So that'll be a fun TV event if you're planning on watching some TV today and checking out some sports, that NHL Winter Classic. WABC News Time 549. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. And it is the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Monday, January 1st, 2024. So what's new in technology? A new Harvard study says Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, X, and YouTube collectively made nearly $11 billion in ad revenue in 2022 from Americans under 18. But the study suggests they make so much money from children that they delay meaningful steps to protect them online. NVIDIA is about to launch a slower-performing gaming chip in China. According to Reuters, the RTX 4090D processor has 11% fewer cores than versions sold in the U.S. A firm has had a banner year. The buy-now-pay-later fintech stock is up 430% in 2023. Elon Musk is once again the world's richest person. The CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, and several other companies added $95 billion of wealth to his portfolio in 2023 with an estimated net worth of $232 billion. That's your tech report, Trey Thomas, NBC News Radio. Checking in on finance news, Wall Street closed today for the New Year's holiday after wrapping up Friday modestly lower to cap a winning year. Stocks did slip on the final trading day of 2023, but the major indexes posted solid annual gains. And investor optimism, it would seem, has been fueled by a fourth-quarter rally as the Fed held interest rates steady and signaled that possible rate cuts could be coming next year. Of course, investors want to hear that as they look at interest rates and the relationship between growth stocks and higher rates. Google, one of those growth stocks, reportedly has agreed to settle a $5 billion consumer privacy lawsuit. The tech giant moving to settle a lawsuit that claimed Google secretly tracked millions of people who thought they were browsing the Internet privately, and that's through the use of that incognito mode on the Chrome browser. FTX, the collapsed cryptocurrency exchange, its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, will not face a second trial. Prosecutors here in New York say the disgraced cryptocurrency exec won't stand trial for an additional set of criminal counts, as Bankman-Fried was previously charged with seven counts of fraud, conspiracy, and money laundering. The U.S. government explained much of the evidence that would have been presented in a second trial was already submitted during the first one. Bankman-Fried faces more than 100 years behind bars. The NYPD is searching for a man who they say groped a woman in the subway system. This happened Friday afternoon at Union Square on the platform for the L train. Cops say a 32-year-old woman was standing on the platform when she was approached by a man who had just gotten off the train. The man grabbed her from behind and then took off inside the subway system. The victim wasn't physically hurt in that incident. Fewer Americans will be drinking beer to toast this new year, but it's not because of dry January, according to industry group Beer Marketers Insights. Consumers have been shifting away from suds to other forms of alcohol. As for the first time since 1999, beer shipments were on track to fall below 200 million barrels. Bud Light maker Anheuser-Busch led the decline, but overall consumption fell among other domestic premium brands, including Rivals, Miller, and Coors. So checking in on our big stories this morning, it is Monday, January 1st, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. We've got breaking news from the other side of the world today, as Japan has issued tsunami warnings amid a series of powerful earthquakes, and people are being urged to head to higher ground. It was a 7.6 magnitude earthquake that hit in the western part of Japan. Fires are burning, homes have been destroyed, buildings destroyed. Video shot inside a bowling alley 
shows people ducking for cover and the sound of breaking glass and other destruction amid this earthquake. A series of quakes hit along the west coast. A tsunami about three feet high hit parts of the coast. Forecasters have warned a larger wave could be incoming. But so far, the tsunami has been confirmed. Just minor flooding reported so far, but tsunami warnings remain in effect. And pro-Palestinian protests, they did touch off last night ahead of the ball drop. It was around 6.30 when you had groups of protesters walking down the avenues in Midtown. Included in the group were plenty of pro-Palestinian flags and signs, people wearing keffiyehs, and also some members of the Hasidic Jewish community holding signs reading, Judaism rejects Zionism, highlighting that whole debate and back and forth. And there were some anti-Israel protesters spotted setting off smoke bombs at Macy's in Herald Square. Video on social media showed red smoke, and many were wearing the keffiyeh, that traditional Palestinian cloth head covering by 9:45 or so cops were making some arrests along 7th avenue just outside of the times square viewing area and then today just a heads up especially if you're planning on flying out of jfk or if you're heading there to pick somebody up who might be flying into the area pro-palestinian protesters say they may be disrupting things at jfk today as protesters have been using social media to organize an action uh, an attempt to shut down jfk airport today And this does mirror anti-Israel protests that touched off in October when mobs of pro-Palestinian protesters, and among them Muslims, shut down an airport in Dagestan over claims that Israelis were coming there on a flight. And it was on Wednesday of last week when protesters were arrested for blocking traffic at JFK, upwards of 25, maybe more, arrested there by Port Authority police. As Port Authority police are not subjected to the same, you know, rules, I guess you would say, when it comes to not engaging with protesters, something that the NYPD has been dealing with. And last week, Mayor Adams spoke about that ruling concerning kettling and Black Lives Matter protesters from 2020, when the NYPD agreed to pay out all this money to people who say they were, you know, denied their civil rights after being detained during a protest. Well, Mayor Adams He says that was a problem, and it is a problem, because now cops can't engage with protesters as they should if people are breaking the law. Obviously, everybody's got that First Amendment right and the right to peacefully assemble, but when it gets into issues like blocking traffic, potentially getting violent, potentially getting harassing, things like that, that's where it kind of crosses the the Rubicon. Mayor Adams was there for the ball drop last night. Upwards of one million people were packed at the Times Square for the annual event. People from all over the world helped America ring in the new year. It's just complete magic with the confetti swarming around you, the music. It's a moment that you'll never forget. That's organizer Joe Papa. He says for many it is a bucket list event. The energy throughout everybody that's here in Times Square, like, there's nothing else like it. It's a it's a palpable energy and excitement that you could feel the entire day leading up to midnight. Organizer Jeff Strauss with Countdown Entertainment says it is truly a special night because despite the division around the world, on New Year's Eve, everybody's on the same page. It's the one time where we all come together doing the same thing at the same time as we count down those final seconds filled with hope, filled with love for the new year. Well, back here in 2024, more migrant buses just arrived in New York, breaking new rules set by Mayor Eric Adams. The mayor recently signed an executive order only permitting migrant buses to arrive between 8.30 a.m. and noon on weekdays. And there must be 32 hours advance notice. To be clear, this is not stopping people from coming, but about ensuring the safety of migrants and making sure they can arrive in a coordinated and orderly way. Bus companies face possible fines, charges, and impoundment for violating the order. City officials say police will be monitoring the loading zones around Port Authority and collecting evidence against companies that don't comply. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. And city officials in Secaucus, New Jersey, say busloads of migrants are being dropped off at New Jersey train stations to sidestep a New York executive order. Uh, Mayor Ganelli of Secaucus says New Jersey has a plan in place to mitigate the situation. Last week, Newark officials huddled to discuss the possibility their city will be inundated with migrants and buses carrying them. 
from the Ray Katina Porsche Traffic Desk here. Let's check in on traffic and transit first. We know that New Jersey Transit is on a weekend holiday schedule. PATH is on a modified Saturday schedule. Long Island Railroad, weekend schedule. The New York City subways on a Sunday schedule. And by the way, this is one of those days when you don't have to pay for the meters. If you're going to park in New York City, the meters are off for January 1st, New Year's Day. And then also just a heads up, like we talked about a couple of times this hour, out at JFK Airport this afternoon, there is a planned protest, flood JFK for Gaza, that could touch off anywhere between noon and 2 o'clock near JFK Terminal 4. So just a heads up, you might want to plan for some additional headaches if you are planning on flying out of JFK today. But make the holidays merry and bright in a 2024 Porsche Macan. Lease for $9.49 a month for 39 months at Ray Katina Porsche in Edison. 5638 do it signing to qualified buyers. Tax licensing registration extra. Details at RayKatinaPorsche.com. And I should also tell you that at the Bridges and Tunnels, things look okay. Looks like the George Washington Bridge, the Lincoln Tunnel, the Holland Tunnel, nothing to report there. So good news on the traffic front. WABC News Time 559, the WABC Morning Show, Sid and Friends, coming your way in just a few minutes here. But it will not be Sid Rosenberg sitting in. It will be Curtis Sliwa. And this may or may not be something he's going to get into today, as we told you about this morning earthquake in Japan, a 7.5, the strongest earthquake, uh, a little bit after 4 o'clock local time there in Suzu City, Japan. The initial report had it as a 7.6. And injuries are being reported here. Transporting the injured has been hindered by damaged roads. Power has been knocked out in much of the area. So we'll have more on that this morning as that develops along the western coast of Japan. Tsunami warnings have been up as a result of that earthquake. And the White House says President Biden has been briefed on the U.S. Navy's sinking of three small Houthi gunboats in the Red Sea, according to U.S. Central Command. Helicopters from the USS Eisenhower and USS Gravely took defensive action after they came under fire while responding to a distress call from a container ship early Sunday. There were no U.S. casualties, but three small gunboats with gunmen aboard were destroyed. And that marks the 23rd such attack on international shipping in the region since November 19th. All right, coming up on 6 a.m., James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on this Monday, January 1st, New Year's Day. Happy New Year, everybody. When you're heading out this morning, you will find temperatures in the high 30s, low 40s. Later today, looking mostly cloudy, we'll get up to 44 degrees. Hope everybody has a happy, healthy, and safe New Year's Day. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. Curtis Sliwa coming your way next as he fills in for Sid Rosenberg on Sid and Friends.